<laughs> it's Anna. And Alyssa. I don't know why I'm talking in a British accent. <laughs> Is it your story? My story? No. Oh, okay. Well, Maybe you were inspired no. or something. No, because it's a podcast that takes place in the Midwest. Why would I do a British accent? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> your name's Alyssa and you forget. <laughs> yeah, goof. <laughs> it makes you feel better yesterday. I'm pretty sure I forgot my name for a good second or how old I was. Ooh. And I was like, my God. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> I don't know how to read. It's already starting. It's already starting. I'm like, I'm like do I have amnesia? And I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> that freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> so what do we got today? I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. We're prepared. I have a couple notes. So yeah. um, I took a ton of notes on Eloise. Mm-hmm. Which is that movie um, yes. that had to do with the story I did last week. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And I don't want to spoil anybody because I... The only thing I'll say is I really did enjoy it. Okay. And so I do want to see what you think. Okay. I know you're not a fan of recommendations. But... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> First, I want to apologize by that aggressive text that I sent you about that. <laughs> so fun fact, yeah, give everyone. Give history. Um, anytime anybody tells me to watch anything or listen to something i'm kind of like outwardly i'm like okay cool i'll put it on my list but in my head i'm like i will not do that i'm doing nothing like that you don't tell me what to do i will never do it no (laughs) and i don't know why i think it's just like my nature inside of just being like i am independent and i will do what i want i think it's like your one rebellion yeah Otherwise, you're, like, very sweet, like, you like, I take skipped. direction well, like, I, for work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I skipped over my rebellious teenage stage and just went immediately into just being, like, absolutely not to any sort of suggestions about TV shows or movies. So what happened? Do you remember? Because I remember um, recommending something. Yeah, you were, you were... And then you were like, by the way! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you would like, text me, like, you should watch this, and I was like... Um, you should just know that I really hate it when people recommend stuff to me. <laughs> like, afterward, I was like, what a jerk. <laughs> what like, am I oh. doing? I was a little wounded. Then. Yeah. <laughs> like, I read it and I was like, what, a, what an asshole I am. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, I got over it because we're still partners. Yeah. <laughs> but I did note it, like I said. I said, I will note that. Noted. But I have I have the same reaction when I first hear mu- music. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Hate it, yeah. hate it. And then usually if I listen to it like two or three times, I'll find stuff like a lyric or a yeah. chorus or whatever. I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And then I actually like it. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. me. I'm like, hate it. So that's probably your, yeah. your reaction too. Yeah. But anyways, if you could suspend that mm-hmm. for the sake of the podcast. Yes. Watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Either way, I'm going to talk about it next week, but I would like to see what you think. Yeah. Because like I said, I... Well, I do love a good horror movie, so... And I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Like like I had told you before, it was like good ju- like jumps, mm-hmm. is that what they're called? Jump scares. Scares, yep. jump scares. And I was like, I enjoyed it enough. Nah. And the only criticism I had saw last time when I was doing my story is that I think people didn't like it because they were... Um, putting the real Eloise sure. location yeah. into it, and I, I don't think you need to do that. Okay. It was great as is. Okay. 
And then I had said I'd watch Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Yeah. And I haven't yet. Okay. I haven't. Did you say it's on YouTube? I, Do you remember? I'm sure it's probably Is on it YouTube. Is it super old? Yes. Okay, it's, okay. It's I from did like see... the 60s. I saw something and I was like, well, isn't this one? It's really old. Yeah. The go- Let me look it up really quick. Ghost and... Mr. Oh, and. See, I even wrote it wrong. It's Ghost and, and Mr. Mr. Chicken. Chicken. Yeah. That's why I always ask for clarification because mm-hmm. I don't quite hear. <laughs> I don't listen. I, don't, I listen. I just yeah. hear miss words or whatever. Let me see if it's on Amazon Prime. I think you have to buy it. So it's usually like on TV every now and then. It's Don Knotts. If you're desperate, hunt it down. Is Mr. Chicken on? No, it's not on Netflix. Okay, well. That's okay. If you ever watch it someday, have at it. I think it is on YouTube. I don't know if you have to pay for it, but if you're interested in a, like, a old, dumb, funny movie. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. There's, like, a joke in it where, like, Sky is like, Luther! <laughs> and you love it. Yeah. <laughs> you chuckle. Uh, 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 oh, uh, what a goose. <laughs> what a goose. Oh, my God. I can totally see you doing that, too. Yeah. Oh, I did remember one thing. So, last night, I'm watching TV. I feel like there's another thing that I thought of, but my brain was just, like, you don't need to remember nothing. <laughs> you don't even need to remember your age. <laughs> <laughs> Remembering's for nerds. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it, I was going through BuzzFeed yesterday, and there was this article that came up about this. It was, like, a guy who was going around London, and he's, like, going up to people, you know, like, the Billy on the street thing where he's, like, asking people questions with, like, his microphone up in their face? No. Okay. Look that up. (laughs) I'm not cool. You're my social media (laughs) pop stuff. Okay, well, this guy was doing kind of something similar like that, but it was, like, finish the lyrics, and so he'd, like, start it off, and then the other person would go. Cool. Well, then he ran into this one lady... (laughs) Who, it turns out she's, like, kind of a professional singer, but she's not. Like, she's not. Like, on the cusp. Yeah. And so, let me play it. Because it was really good. I was like, oh, my God, who is this lady? Finish the lyrics. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need love? Wow. (laughs) Wow, you really keep going. That's all I'll play of it, but because we also yeah, but she's really good and like the reason mostly because I I hate the song Shallow. You do. I do. I love every time it comes on. I'm like change this damn song (laughs) now. I sing it out loud like horribly. Yeah, so like that's like the only time where I was just like. Good song. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you ever see the move the most recent movie? No. I really that was another that. like example of people being like, you need to see this movie. And I was just like, maybe. So really I should use reverse psychology yeah. and say, I saw, <laughs> I saw X this. movies. Don't. Don't. It's terrible. Do it. And I'll be like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> but I gotta wait until you forget about this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, noted. <laughs> I just gotta learn how to interact. You're just with reverse you. psychology is what works best on me, which is actually kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> People will be like, you can't do it. I'll be like, show you what I can do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so funny. Okay, I'm le- we're learning stuff we're about learning you. Stuff. I'm a petulant child. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, Anna. Hello. <laughs>
Hi, everybody. Nice Again, this is Northern you. Friends, a podcast about creepy stuff in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of creepy, can you talk about our ambiance? Got the word? Oh, yes. We are currently in a dark room with a candle lit. It's an LED candle because yes. we can't have fire where we work. Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> so we've got some spooky vibes going on, which is good because this is a spooky podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How many? Is that the same accent? Are we going on? The British. I just do a, this the entire thing in a British accent. I would probably be going, what is she saying? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I had what? no clue what that guy on the BuzzFeed video said. Oh, he was he was doing, like, he's like, finish the lyrics. I heard that. And then he was singing, like, the first part of the song. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, my God, you sound oh. good. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he's saying. But then I knew what she said. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Who wants to go first? What do you have? Is it a scary paranormal story or is it a true crime story? Well, I'm on a, I'm on a kick of paranormal related. Mm. Well, I've got true crime. Oh my god! Should we do another rock paper scissors? Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay. I crushed so you. You crushed me, so you go first. <laughs> the only game I win at with you. <laughs> that's another story like, for yes. another day. <laughs> play rock paper scissors. I get to win. At lunch, that's all we're gonna do. Yeah. I just want to eat. No, another round. (laughs) I only win when we do this. (laughs) All right, so I'm in the same vein as last week. Okay. And not on purpose. I just came across it. Yeah. And it's about the Anoka Asylum. (gasps) I was going to do that at one point, so I'm glad that you're doing it. Well, I wonder if you might even... Did you do reach the research? Oh, I was going to say... Because um, I was disappointed, same as last week. Because remember how I had said there wasn't a lot of mm-hmm. actual details? Yeah. So I was a little disappointed, and I ended up using that website, hauntedplaces.org, okay. to get actual people accounts, yep. supposedly. Um, I just want to throw that in there, mm-hmm. that it's it seems to be people's accounts of it. Anyways, I used hauntedplaces.org, a Star Tribune arg- article about preserving the history mm-hmm. there. Only in your state. That's have you a good seen, place, that's, yeah. It's a yeah. good one. And then Paranormal Love to Know website. So Paranormal it's sort of a mod podge of all those. Yeah, good. All right, so some history. It's located in Anoka, Minnesota, mm-hmm. which also happens to be the Halloween capital of the world. Yeah, it is. Self-proclaimed. Yeah, it's um, history behind that. If I remember correctly, is like in order to keep the kids in the town from like terrorizing the town before Halloween, they're like, we're gonna put on a parade so all these kids can get their crap together and just like get it out. Scare appropriately. Yeah. So they put like they're like dress up, we'll have a parade, we'll do that. And then they do it like every year. The whole town gets dressed up. They've got like a shop over there. I went there. Okay. Not one year. Um, and so they just do it every year, and yeah, they are the self-proclaimed Halloween capital of America or the world? I don't know. Okay. I just remember. Halloween capital. Yeah. So, Anoka Asylum, um, when they were deciding if they wanted to open it up in Anoka, mm-hmm. they actually had some competition with Hastings, oh. and they, like, both cities were bidding on 
we want it. No, mm-hmm. we want it. Because it would bring jobs to the city. Yeah. Well, eventually, I think a few years into this debate, um, it, dis- it was decided that they'd both get their own. Oh, okay. And so they must have split up people based on, like, only men went to Anoka initially, oh. and then maybe Hastings got women. Okay. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Okay. But um, maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Anyways, Anoka did get one. Mm-hmm. And uh, some naming history. So it started as Anoka Asylum. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Anoka State Hospital. And now it's currently a really long name of Anoka Metro Regional Treatment Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I would I didn't know how to word it quite um well, but the essence of Anoka Asylum, like the main stuff that built Anoka Asylum, mm-hmm. that stuff closed after 99 years, but it was mm-hmm. open, the, you know, like the main part of that was open for 99 years. Then okay. they still use some of the buildings there. Okay. Um, the first persons to reside in the Anoka Asylum um, arrived in March of 1900, mm-hmm. and they were a group of 100 men who came from the St. Peter Hospital, mm. and these particular men were considered incurables. Yeah, the St. Peter Hospital is... You know a lot about it, or some? Um, I know it's got a reputation of being like, if you're off your rocker, that's where that's you go. That's where you go? Yeah. Even currently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the place you don't really want to end up. So, oh, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> don't go. Okay. So they. I always find this interesting. They traveled by train, and the facility was actually not designed to treat pa- patients at the time oh, in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds, but really just to have a facility where people would be allowed to live out their days. Okay. Um, approximately eighty six of the first one hundred men. Um, that went to Anoka Asylum w- had died there and mm. were buried in numbered graves, mm. just like at yeah. Eloise yeah. in yeah. the cemetery on the grounds. What I read was that when people were brought to the Anoka Asylum, mm. their families didn't really want the embarrassment mm-hmm. of having somebody in the asylum. So when they were checked in, they were pretty much their name was taken away. And they were just given numbers. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. I broke my heart that that yeah. was done in Minnesota. Yeah. But in general, but in I was general, like, yeah, I took that's terrible. I took a history of like mental illness when I was in college. Yeah. And it like the reputation back then was kind of just like this is an embarrassment. Yeah. We don't want it. Like the people would hide their family members like in cages and their attic. Oh if they, man. So it was not good. Times yeah. have changed a lot. Yeah. For sure. Um, also, like I had said, when they were considering where to open this asylum, um, main reason was that they would have um, new jobs in the area. And so the asylum ended up being a main em- employer of the NOCA residents. Mm. Um, so, um, more recently, there was a grant, and the Anoka County Historical Society worked with a man named Neil Holton to preserve the history of the asylum. Mm-hmm. What's really neat about Neil is he's a historian and a physician. So he's oh, sort of okay. in the both in, worlds. Yeah. And so they thought he'd be a great person to do this project. Yeah. And so far he was able to get, oh gosh, did I read, I think 20 accounts of people who've worked or okay. were um, living at the asylum. Wow. Uh, I don't. I think since it was so recent that they're still trying to get people sure. uh, figured out who worked yeah, there, who's who, willing who was actually to. There. Yeah. 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 Um, he had one account um, that dated back to the 1940s, 
and it was a woman who was, quote, a nurse from that time recalled her work at the hospital and how people viewed her as wasting her education and talents on the mentally ill, unquote. So that sort of goes to support how at the at the early stages of this Mm. it wasn't they're like, why would you do that? Mm. Um and I sort of wanted to include that because it just gives an idea of what it was. Yeah. I mean the experience. The state of it. Now if that was the um mindset of people like imagine i hope the workers were much better but like the public was like that's you know why would you work with these people Mm -hmm. i hope internally at the facility that they treated them better Mm -hmm. but i couldn't find too many things about it but i do have um, a note that sort of says a little bit about how patients are treated or not patients i guess residents and then patients anyways um Sorry, one mm-hmm. moment. So I did want to add, I remember a story, and I, I don't have um, it written down. It was just from my grandma. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure she said that her dad went had some kind of mental illness. And mm-hmm. my grandma is 80 now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think math-wise. Mm-hmm. So that would be mm-hmm. approximately 1940, okay. let's say. And her father, I think, had mental illness. And I don't know what happened other than he wasn't with the family. Oh. And so, like, I just was thinking about the impact of, like, one parent being out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, my grandma's brothers had to, like, get, she called it farmed out, where she, mm-hmm. they went to nearby farms and worked. And I think sure. lived there and then sent money back yeah. to help support the family. Yeah. Didn't sound very good, but I remember my grandma telling me that, so I thought I'd include it. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, He was actually sort of surprised at the staff he has spoken to, this neo-historian guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He said that the staff who he has been able to talk to, they were loyal and dedicated. And he was actually a little bit surprised that it was so positive, the stuff that they had to say. Yeah. As of right now, I couldn't find any accounts, Mm -hmm. aside from a few that I I already talked about one and maybe a few more, but Mm -hmm. he was surprised by that. Okay. okay, so this asylum was apparently unique in its design. It was designed where it had a circle of cottages okay. rather than like an institutional feel. Sure. And they would only have a um, two levels to each building so that it wasn't like stacked on floors okay. on floors. It sort okay. of tried to have a homey feel. Okay. Nice. Thought, well, that's really interesting. So how would you end up in the asylum? Yes. Um... One is because you've been deemed incurable Mm -hmm. and sent to the asylum to live out your days, but also you can be committed by your family or the county. Mm -hmm. And typically it's after you've been deemed a danger to yourself or others and, quote, can't function on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. usually due to, um, unquote, usually due to mental illness or being old and or poor. So early Mm -hmm. on, staff worked Heck a lot of hours. Oh, yeah. They worked 15-hour days, seven days a week. Oh, my gosh. I never got the numbers on how much staff there was, because remember at Eloise, there was, like, five to one yeah. ratio, approximately. Yeah. I couldn't find any numbers on it. But these staff members also didn't get paid vacations. Like, whew, they're killing That's themselves and, yeah. and stuff. Um, 
And what I did find is that some of the patients were restrained with leather straps and straight jackets. Mm-hmm. And in um, 1940, the governor allowed a reporter, and my understanding was to go to all the asylums and do a report on it. Mm-hmm. And um, the article that was eventually written on their experience, uh, only at all it said that I could find was it outlined harsh conditions mm-hmm. in the article I read. Mm-hmm. And so the following year, the governor had must have, like, held a gathering or something at the Anoka one mm-hmm. and on Halloween, October thirty one of whatever year it was, he actually burned all the restraints and like anything like that. Wow. And there was approximately a thousand people who came <clears throat> to this thing and I, I can't I couldn't get a gist of why this was happening mm-hmm. other than um some interesting notes. It was on Halloween. Mm-hmm. He burned all of the restraints and he was just like, we can't do this. These people are human, essentially. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so that also was when there's a turning point from when people just lived at the asylum mm-hmm. and then it became more of a treatment thing. Okay. So like at Eloise, they had lobotomies and um, hydrotherapy mm-hmm. and one other, th- electroshock therapy. Mm-hmm. They also had that at the Anoka place okay. eventually there. Um Here's an account by Gretchen Anderson. She worked there in the 80s mm-hmm. and said, quote, it was a totally different time, mm. unquote. Patients left hospital grounds and wandered into Anoka. Mm. Quote, a lot of times a person could escalate very quickly. They were responding to auditory hallucinations. Mm-hmm. I've been chased down the hall by a patient with a knife. Fun. Ooh, mm-hmm. unquote. Um... <clears throat> And then we had, uh, I believe, her husband, who happened to be the retired Anoka police captain, Tom Anderson. And he recounted that patients um, would wander in Anoka, start fires, shoplift, and uh, loiter. So, like, the relations between the asylum Mm -hmm. and the city where you're not... Like, not great. Not great. (laughs) I read a few times that they didn't really have much security either. Mm -hmm. So, it makes sense that these patients were just wandering around and ended up in the city. (laughs) Um, sadly, some patients ended up being victimized by the community, mm. community, so they would somehow be, like, enticed to leave the grounds, yeah. give el- given alcohol and drugs, and then sometimes sexually assaulted. Mm. Isn't that sad? Yeah. It's like they're already going through stuff. Yeah, gross. And then another m- noted thing was that there was an incident where a patient uh, left the grounds in 1976 and murdered a woman in a house nearby. Really? And I couldn't, I was going to like, I was like, I'm going to do that story, yeah. but I actually couldn't find anything. Oh, so is it real or is it lower? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so sometimes when they are, um, the patients were wandering around the grounds, they sometimes went into tunnels that were on the property. And it is said that patients, quote, are said to have gotten so lost in the maze of tunnels that they felt their only option for escape <gasps> was suicide. Oh, my God. Unquote. Oh, God. And it was um, stated they would hang themselves from the ceiling pipes. How terrifying would that be if, like, you're, like, you work at the asylum yeah. and your job is to, like, go through the tunnels mm-hmm. and just, blah. I know. Blah. And to be so scared. Yeah. That you don't know where to you go. You don't know where to go. And if you're having hallucinations or oh. anything like it. So through different articles, I found that in these tunnels, there would be cold spots, spooky laughter, evil whispering, Mm -hmm. strange noises coming from nowhere, and approaching footfalls. 
And then I have just a few accounts that I found from the hauntedplaces.org. Mm -hmm. And I did shorten them, but the words are still intact, so okay. I got the gist of it okay. while cleaning it up a little bit, too. So this is from Carrie. She says, I was in building one when it was still there, and you would hear screams coming from tunnels across from the laundry room. <laughs> At night, the rooms would go cold in certain areas, and you could see shadow people. Ugh. I was also in building 10, and that place is haunted, too. All right, so then we got Mike. Mike, I worked there for three years. The tunnels are the creepiest. Mm -hmm. A group of us went down one night and put a digital voice recorder mm -hmm. in a small room that had stairs. But at the top of the stairs, it was a, um, closed in with blocks. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> as we walked away, you could hear us on the recorder. Then was a very clear voice saying, get out. <laughs> that was enough for me to yeah. leave the tunnels alone. <laughs> I Same. <laughs> This is from Beth. My mom used to work here as a records keeper and told me she would go into the tunnels that she would feel like someone was always watching her, along with cold spots and disembodied laughter. Mm -hmm. Kyle says, sit outside. And I think he means the buildings alone, mm -hmm. not in the tunnels. Mm -hmm. He says, sit outside. You won't be disappointed. Windows will be occupied and, tr and try to talk with them. They'll show. <laughs> Cameras have proven to scare them. We oh. got inside and cold spots were all around. And I'll do this one, this last one, and then I'm done. <laughs> this one's from Murph. I decided to take a, t a detour before I delivered my food to a customer. I entered one of the buildings and went up to an open foyer area that was dimly lit. Mm -hmm. I explored a floor and saw a small girl with long dark hair in a white gown. No. The girl was young, maybe four or five if I had to guess. I couldn't see her feet. Mm -mm. She was half hidden behind a soiled and aged curtain. Mm -mm. I stood there in disbelief for what felt like a long time, but was actually about 30 seconds or so. I tried to speak to her, and when I attempted to approach, she turned away behind the curtain and disappeared. I walked over to the curtain and immediately got goosebumps from the cold spot. She was gone. I have the heebie-jeebies right I now. I know! That's a good story. <laughs> like, you just kind of, like, want to turn around and be like, are you here? I know. Hello? That's what happens. We're in a dark room. Yeah. For holy sakes. Ah. <laughs> For holy sakes. I don't even know what that means. But, yeah, there it is. And wow. um, I think you can do tours of lots of stuff actually in Anoka. Yeah. So I think we should do that someday. Yes. Um, one of the main one is Anoka County Historical Society or mm -hmm. whatever the name is. And they um, apparently also have a lot of paranormal activity there, just in that building itself. That was excellent. Very creepy. And sad. And sad. Just like us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, friend. What you got? Right. What you got? Okay. What you got? So for mine, you remember how when I did, like, if we did the spooky articles yeah. part two? Yeah. There was an article that I had found when I was doing my, like, research. Called, it was from Vox.com. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, the nine, like, creepiest disappearances in the Midwest or something like that. Okay. And I'm going through, and I was going to do it as part of that, but then I was, as I'm, like, reading through, I was like, oh, these are really good. Like, this these could be, be a thing. Yeah. These could be, like, episodes. And then I got to one, and I was like, oh, my God. Why have I never heard of this? Why are we doing this on the day we just have a candle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Okay, so this is The Disappearance of Evelyn Hartley. Okay. I have never heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. 
Well, apparently other people have because I did find out that there was a bunch of other podcasts that have done this. So. Oh, okay. You can okay. listen to them. I'm going to give my uh, resources here first because a lot of what I'm going to say is like from yeah. those articles. Sure. So the links are wikipedia.com, The Disappearance of Evelyn Hartley, thecharlieproject.org, which is a website that helps people like learn about people who have disappeared. Or, oh, okay. And so they'll give I information. I thought it was due to crime. Might be. It's like a lot of like, you know, kind of similar things. Okay. Um, Missing Children Wiki, Evelyn mm-hmm. Hartley Page. Okay. Um, and then various podcasts, The Vanished did one, The Trail Went Cold, Unfound, Evelyn Hartley, um, Shadow, of a, Shadow of Coincidence, Dark Lacrosse Stories, Thin Air Podcasts, I think Evidence Locker, I didn't see the whole name of it, um, Weird World Podcasts, and Killer's Crawl Space. Hmm. So, that last one. Yeah, I don't like the name of that one. Hmm. No. Okay. So, Evelyn Hartley was born on November 21st, 1937, La Crosse County, Wisconsin. Okay. She was the daughter of Richard and Ethel Hartley. Um, she was hired by Vigo Rasmussen, who was a professor, who was a professor at La Crosse State College, um, to babysit their 20-month-old daughter. They, he and his wife, lived on the 2400 block of, I think it's Heschler Drive, and this was on October 24th, 1953. The Rasmussen's had a regular babysitter, but hired Evelyn instead because their regular babysitter was planning to attend the same homecoming game that the Rasmussen's were going to. Sure. Evelyn had planned on studying while the baby slept um, and was supposed to call her parents at 8.30 p.m. to check in, but she never did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> her father went to the Rasmussen home um to see what was going on and what was i saying sorry i like hand wrote this it's like to check in on her after she didn't call say that oh right so um evelyn's father went to the rasmussen's home after she didn't call sure um when he got to the house he found that the doors to the house were locked but the and the radio and the lights were on but the furniture in the living room was like in a disarray okay and the baby was still asleep in her crib I'm going to turn on my camera, my uh, flashlight, yeah, (laughs) just to the bottom here. Evelyn's glasses were found in the living room, broken, along with one of her shoes. Her other shoe was found in the basement. All the windows, except for the basement window to the back of the house, were locked. The screen to the window in the basement had been removed and was laying against the wall of the house. A short stepladder was near the basement window as well. Pry marks were found on other windows, as well as footprints from a pair of tennis shoes in the basement window box and living room. So there are footprints they could find in the living room, basement, like around. A lot of blood was found in the house, near the basement window, and in the yard. Oh. Um, all matching Evelyn's blood type, which was type A. Okay. Blood was also found on the wall of a garage about 100 feet from the Rasmussen house and on the neighbor's house. Uh, police believe that Evelyn was dragged through the yard and into a car. They, like, kind of could tell how she was being dragged. Like, they would stop, continue dragging. Okay, like more blood at yeah, that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, one neighbor heard screaming around 7 p.m., but he they assumed that it was like, probably, like, kids. Um, and then another neighbor said that they saw a light-colored car circling the neighborhood at about 8 p.m., and they believe that Evelyn was abducted during that time. Wow. A couple of days after Evelyn was abducted, a local man, Ed Hoffer, 
said to police that he was almost hit by a two-tone green Buick driving quickly westward. Um, in that vehicle were two men and a girl. One man was in the front seat driving, and then the other man was in the back seat with the girl, and the girl was kind of slumped forward with her head resting against the front seat. Okay. Hoffer assumed that they were probably heading to the homecoming game, and he didn't really think it was weird until he actually like heard about her disappearance. Sure. Next page. <laughs> um, this information about the car was published at the time, but his name was withheld from the media for almost 50 years after she had disappeared. Okay. Evelyn's disappearance led to one of the biggest searches in Wisconsin history. Over a thousand members of the local community participated in a search in October 1953. Police officers, the National Guard, Boy Scouts, and La Crosse College students, blah, 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 La Crosse State College students and faculty participated in the search. Okay. They used Civil Air Patrol and U.S. Air Force to kind of look around. Um, investigators had implemented a vehicle inspection program to search every vehicle in La Crosse County. <laughs> Gas station attendants were also asked to check cars for bloodstains. And graves oh. of the recently buried were um, reopened to see if Evelyn's remains were inside, had been buried inside of them. I have a question. Yeah. So this is 1953. Is yeah. this still when, like, you had gas station attendants yeah. fill you up? Yep. Oh, perfect. So that's yeah. a good way to do it. Right? Okay. Um, in 1954, mass lie detector tests were given in the lacrosse area to high school boys in a hope to find out more information about her disappearance. Wow. They only got to about 300 um, because the measure was kind of considered pretty controversial. Controversial. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Were they forced to? I think so. Because that's assuming against so. our rights. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 1954, <laughs> no one had rights. <laughs> and they said, just do it. Okay. Um, a pair of size 11 Goodrich tennis shoes were found in the Coon Valley area, which is located near La Crosse. Okay. Um, and they were stained in blood. Mm. They had also, they had only been there for about a short time before they were found. The soles of the shoes had a similar pattern to the footprints found where Evelyn was kidnapped. And the blood on them matched her blood type. Yeah, I was just going to say, did it match? Yep. Um, based on the wear of the shoes, it had been determined that the owner worked in machinery, and they rode a wizard motorbike. Oh. It was also determined that two people had been wearing the shoes, and one of the per people had, like, their feet were too big for the shoes. I don't know how they determined That's that. That's amazing. Yeah, especially for, like, 1950s. Yeah. Like, you think about it back then. Like, anytime I think past, like, 19... 85. <laughs> I'm like, do they just use sticks and stones? <laughs> well, here's, here's how I can think of it. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, when you wear your um, shoes, they have mm -hmm. indents on the inside? Yeah. Maybe there's two indents. No. But why are you sharing shoes? I know. that's. I don't know. But it's very weird. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Question. Did you ever babysit when you were a kid? Yeah. I never did. But I think it's because when I, my mom was younger, she would babysit sometimes. And there was one time when she was babysitting, like, a neighbor's house. And there was, like, a knock on the door. And she was like, nobody's supposed to be here. So she, like, went. And they were like, oh, we're here to inspect something. Or he's, I'm here to inspect something. And she's like, mm, you know, they never said anybody was coming. And so they're just going, mm, the person. And then she was like, oh, my God, the back door. Like, I don't know if it's locked. Oh, my God. And so she, like, ran around. She's, like, making sure everything's locked. And the guy was, like, in the basement. No! And so, like, a, like I think she managed to, like, scare him off or something. Your like, mom? My mom. 
and like she called my like her my grandma and then like she sent over one of my uncles to go and check them out and so like I'm pretty sure after that like my mom was like you're never babysitting anything no, that's terrifying yeah so, in the house? In the, yeah. So, like, she was like, no, nobody, they said yeah. nobody, she closed yeah. the door. Yeah, and it, it was one of those house, houses where it's, like, two levels, so there's, like, a basement door oh, yeah, down yeah. there, so oh my got in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Creepo. Okay. Continuing on. Yeah. Um, a size 36 blue denim jacket with metallic buttons was found, like, within 800 feet of the shoes. Blood was also found on the front, back, and sleeves of the jacket. The blood matched Evelyn's type, and blood smears found at the house where she was kidnapped appeared to be made by, like, a denim cloth. Okay. So, I don't know if, like, they wiped it up or something, or if they just kind of, like, wiped against it. Um, the shoes and jacket were taken to 31 different communities and displayed to 10,000 people, but no one recognized them. Ed Gein was one of the, uh, at one point, considered a suspect. Okay. He, so in, in her disappearance, he had been visiting a relative a few blocks away from the Rasmussen house at the time of the kidnapping. Gein denied being involved, and he passed two lie detector tests. Okay. Um, her remains were not found at Gein's property, but parts, parts, I'm just going to say parts, of two females who were roughly about 15 years old were found on his property. So could be? Probably not, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, some people did believe that he, he was still, like, a suspect yeah. for years after. Okay. So, in 2004, um, a man named Mel Williams came forward with a tape where he recorded a conversation between two men at a bar um, years previously. One of the men said that he had taken Evelyn to Lafarge, or Lafarge, Wisconsin, where she was murdered and buried. The men said that, like, the other man involved in the murder committed... What did I say? Oh, the other, like, one of the people that were involved committed suicide, like, shortly after she disappeared. And then um, the two men who were implicated in... What the hell? You got to turn pages. I got to turn pages. Sorry, guys. Turn the page. Sorry, guys. We're reading there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The two men implicated in the tape are now dead. Okay. Um, so police resp- police had responded to the tapes by saying, we'll look into it. Mm. Evelyn has still never been found. That's sad. She was a junior at Central High School. She was a straight-A student and involved in various school activities. She played piano and sang in the First Presbyterian Church Choir. She never had a steady boyfriend, even though she went on some dates. Yeah. She was the youngest of four children. One sibling had previously, um, who had died previously before her disappearance from polio. Um, another one lives in Oregon and another in Australia, and her parents have passed away since. Mm. Um, she had, she, I said had, but you know. Yeah. <clears throat> brown hair and blue eyes. And she was wearing glasses and was wearing, oh, well, she wore glasses, but she was not wearing them at the time of the disappearance. Okay. Um, she was wearing a white blouse, pearl buttons, red denim jeans, and white bobby socks. And her nickname was Evie. 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 Although I should say, because they found her glasses, right? I was going to say, I they thought found you her glasses, glasses. So I'm guessing, like, she was maybe wearing them, but then got left behind. Mm. So. And that is the disappearance of Evelyn Hartley. That's so sad. Yeah. It was one of those stories where I was reading, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, 
oh my gosh oh my gosh and that's what seems to happen with the bigger stories too is yeah is if other people have researched it there's mm-hmm. more data out yeah. there obviously yeah. but more info yeah there's some very interesting cases but mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. any data like mm-hmm. not necessarily researched and such yeah so that is that guys. very good congratulations to both of us for another sad day <laughs> Yeah, now we get to go eat, and then we'll be happy. We'll go eat. <laughs> we'll just have fill our stuff, our souls with food. Yeah, well, that's normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's my normal that's life. Our normal life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're um, always welcome to email us at northernfrights19 at gmail dot com if you have any. Uh, recommendations, any stories you want to tell us. Yeah. I don't think I've checked that email for a while, so I probably should. I have. Yeah? yeah. Okay, good. We're, we're good on it. Yeah. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. A lot of them, actually. Yeah. And then make sure to watch Eloise. Yep. It's on Amazon Prime, because mm-hmm. next week we'll, we will hopefully chat hopefully about talk it. About, yeah. All right. We have already hit 200 listens. Woo! So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. This, this claps for you. Claps. claps for you. We appreciate you, and mm-hmm. we look forward to doing more episodes. Yeah. I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.